Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. My name is Elias Knutsson. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors in this lovely church, SOS Church Stockholm. We are kind of a, a global missions, tack bror, global missions organization. We love preaching. We love reaching new people. We love the Jesus kind of lifestyle. Uh, and this is the mother church for, uh, and then we have churches all over. Uh, so uh, we, we need one in Australia. Other than that, I think we got the continents covered. So we need one in Australia. Maybe someone, some surfer in here feels the call. Like, yes, I can go to Australia and plant the SOS Church, Sydney. Uh, so uh, I am married to a beautiful wife. I have three girls between the age of six and one. So I, as they say in Swedish, I have what I do, you know, <laughs> I don't need more things to do. Um, but today um, I want to preach to you and I think I have, uh, uh, well, I know I have a word from heaven. Uh, I've titled the sermon, Well Done. And you see, I was thinking about when I got saved, I got saved when I was 17 uh, huge, like, I came from a very messy background. I got saved. I got really baptized in the love of God. And it turned my heart. Took a few more years to turn my life around. But I remember, it's such a silly, silly thing. You know, I, I really had this, like, wow, Jesus, you are real kind of moment. Uh, and it was amazing. But then it took many years before I like I gave my life to Jesus I really said like you can do whatever you want and it's so stupid for us that know God and for us that know Jesus but here's what I was thinking I was thinking like okay God is all about heaven so whenever I give him my life he's gonna kill me in order to get me to heaven like mission completed boom so I was super afraid to say like, you can have my life, honestly. And, and right now I'm like, I'm kind of experiencing, I, I got a, a rush of the heart and I tried to give him my life several times. But then the most stupid moment, you know, you want to know when I gave my life to Jesus? Driving on the road. I mean, if you think you're about to die... You should at least pull over, right? You should at least... But I remember there was like... I drove past a hillside. And I was like, as soon as I say this, the car is just going to... Boom! Go into the hillside. We're going to crash and burn. And my family will never know what happened. But I was like... I was like, I need to do this. Jesus is so... Uh, this is... I can't... I can't do anything else. I need to do this. And so I'm like, Jesus, I give you my life. The hillside just closed goes past and I'm like I'm alive <laughs> you know 
But so if if you think you're gonna die, don't don't drive. You know, while giving your life to Jesus, sit in a comfortable sofa or something. You know, uh, be be smarter than uh, than I was. By the way, God is not gonna kill you, uh, and that's kind of the message today. We have something to do here on earth. Uh, and to, to start this off, I want to read uh, some scripture from Matthew uh, chapter 25, verse 14 to 30. And it's a parable. It's a story that Jesus told to kind of get to know the, the feeling of like earth and heaven and what's going to happen and, and stuff like that. So let me just get into it and tell the story. And, and uh, it will become clear. I don't have a clicker. Can you help me, Ace, and, and uh, go with me? So Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30. And it says like this. Jesus is telling the story. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag each according to his ability. So no unfair, nothing unfair. Everyone was giving according to their ability. I just want to get that one in there. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said. I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest at least. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. Forever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay. Pretty intense closing to this parable, right? Uh, 
don't get stuck there right now. I will come back and explain this. But the thing Jesus is saying, he is giving us something that we can make at least interest on or make a profit on. We can turn it around and give Jesus something back. Okay, are you with me? That's what we are focusing on now. We will come back to the end of the parable, okay? Wave if you're with me. Come on! By the way, it's so good to have a full church again. It's such an amazing thing to have people in here. Can we say, woohoo? Yeah, good, come on. This is good. Um, so, um, let's start with looking at Gideon. Gideon is a man in the Bible who is a part of the Old Testament in the book of Judges. And when Gideon was alive, the land of Israel was under occupation, kind of, by the Midianites. That meant like whenever they had food, when their crops was ready to harvest, the Midianites would just come in and take everything. Whenever the chickens were ready to be slaughtered, the Midianites would come in and take the chicken. You know, and it always went on like that. So uh, we read in Judges chapter 6, verse 11 to 16. Did we see the other scriptures? Oh, perfect. Thank you. I trust you so much I don't even look behind. Good. Uh, it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Okay, so just a little backstory here. When you were threshing the wheat, you would be up on a hill where the wind would blow and you would throw it up in the air so the wind would carry off the, the, what you did not want to eat. You would throw, but he was in the wine press under a tree, which was like a hole in the ground under a tree. So he was hiding and he was like full of fear for someone would come and take his, his wheat again. But the angel of the Lord just shows up. Hello, mighty warrior. So there is a shift right here. And then and Gideon says like, uh, pardon me, my Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And then we have Gideon again like, okay, pardon me, pardon me, my Lord. He replied, uh, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. You see, it doesn't get like Manasseh was the smallest tribe. And his family was the smallest family in the smallest tribe. And he was the least of his family. So it's like, here you have the least of the least 
under a tree, hiding, just trying to get some bread. And an angel of the Lord shows up like, Hello, mighty warrior! It's like, stuff does not add up right here. Follow me. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites as if they were only one man. So I want to start, if we can get the next slide up here. I want to start, you know, what happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus in that car was not the end. But it was the beginning of something. God started to pull something out of me. I was a carpenter back then. I, uh, after that, I started to work with youth and carpentering. And many years later, God placed a, a, a longing on my heart to start with TV. So I quit being a carpenter on the Friday. I moved to Stockholm. I started working with TV on Monday. And my passion is to get good Christian TV out there. Uh, and I have been working with youth, and right now, I don't know what I'm working with, but I do work with video. Um, so, but God started to pull something out of me that no one else saw, that even I didn't see. I was a carpenter. I was not a TV producer. I was not an editor. And this is what happened to Gideon. God saw in him what no one else could see because you see what Gideon did he went out and he gathered he tested God actually it's a fun story you should read it but he went out and he gathered 22,000 men to fight the battle with him that's strong right that's good but God told him go in the strength that you have he was like, I am super weak. I'm the least of the least. I don't have anything. Ah, that's not true. You have something. At least you have the strength that you have. You have what you have. And this is what I love with God. And we can see it in, in, in the life with Him. Just like take tithing, for example. Where we as Christians, we give 10% to our local church. And if you read uh, in Malachi, the blessings and the protections that come along with tithing, I mean, you would pay millions to get that. But God didn't put a sum of like 10 million upon it. He made it a percentage so that everyone can join in. Even if you have 10 kroner, you can give one kroner and you can, get, you can buy in on that blessing. And that's the same thing when God is calling us. We don't have to have all of the other stuff. We don't have to have everything else. We just need to say, yes, I do, and start to walk in the strength that we have. So actually, what happened to Gideon, he gathered 22,000 men, and God said, no, 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 you're too many. Okay, so they sent some people home, and then they had 10,000. And that was like, okay, now we're at a disadvantage. But God said, wait. You are too many. Gideon, listen, didn't I say I am with you? I don't want you and, and all of the people to get credit for this. You said yourself like, oh, where are you, God? Didn't you bring the people out of Egypt? Didn't you do, used to do this, used to do that, used to do this? Well, I want to do it now through you. 
So why don't you take your 10,000 men down to the water and have them have a drink? And the people who drink in a certain manner need to go home. And the people who drink in another type of manner, they can stay and fight. So Gideon was like, okay, they went down to the water. And you know what happened? 9,700 people drank in this manner. 300 people drank in this manner. Can you relate to Gideon now? You're like, he gathered 22,000 men. Well done, you think. Well done. I'm good. I can lead my people now. Yes, at least I have a people. And then God just takes it away. You see, God does not always want you in an advantage. God sometimes wants you in a disadvantage. Because he wants it to be evident that he is with you. That you are walking with someone else, someone more than yourself. So what Gideon did, he took his 300, he trusted God, and God really like ushered him all the way. He kept him safe all the way. And by 300 people, they beat the enemy. It was a historic battle. And, you know, even to this day, the army of Israel, when they go into battle, they cry out for God and Gideon. As that's the big impact that battle had, had. It echoes even today in that manner. Um, and that's, that is the best part of it all. He is with us. He's with me. He's with you. And it's sometimes so frustrating because sometimes we just want those 22,000 people that we can see, that we can speak to. And we can see, ah, Ramona, she will be the leader of this 5,000. Yanni can lead this other 5,000. And you know, we can start with our structure, with our order and things. But sometimes you just need to go in the strength that you have and trust that God is with you. It's super frustrating, but it's super rewarding. It's the best memories I have in life when I like, okay, God, let's go. I'm going to grab my 300 people and I'm going to do this. And you will see that I should have brought 22,000, you know. But it always ends up that God is right and I am wrong, you know. God is strong and I am weak. That's the lesson to learn. <laughs> Just trust in Him and walk, okay? Uh, I, want to, I want to highlight another biblical person. Uh, I, I mentioned I have three daughters. Uh, their name is Isabel, Olivia, and Esther. And Esther is uh, also a, a, a woman who is, uh, has her own book in the Bible. She was a queen in Persia. Yay, all Farsi-speaking people. Um, and uh, and uh, she was a Jew. And here's the thing. Uh, there was a, a, an enemy to the Jewish people at that time called Haman. And he wanted to kill all the Jews. So he started to plan up and, and uh, uh, act accordingly. He started to persuade the king to kill all the Jews. And Esther, she was just an ordinary girl 
but she was very pretty and well not jobs not all jobs are are nice right but she got into the harem of the king and she was really favored by him and he really liked her you know we don't we don't highlight that so much we think of like yeah esther was in the palace yeah in the harem with all of the other women i mean it's not always it's not always like uh, by by the king on the throne and eating grapes that someone is feeding you while brushing you with palm leaves and you know what we see in old roman movies and stuff like that yeah so thank you esther for what you did uh but you know she came to a point where she felt like i cannot really do this because what was asked of her was to go in front of the king and say hey can you save my people uh but the, the problem was, if she was not called by the king, they would kill her. No one was allowed to approach the king unless being summoned. So she told her uncle that, no, I can't go in front of the king. It's not okay. But then her uncle sent this, if we can go to uh, where it says Esther 414 there. Her uncle sent this. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish, and who knows but that and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. If you can move back one slide to the point I'm making, for a time like this. You see, when we are reading the Bible. And when we are reading books about what God used to do, and when we hear stories about how he led the people out of Egypt, and uh, da, da, we expect it all to be the same again. And we expect God to be a repeat, on repeat. Well, where is God now? He's not leading us out of Egypt. Well, you're not in Egypt. Thank you very much. And, you know... All the time we expect God to move like he did yesterday. And we expect God that, okay, uh, for, in our churches, for example, it's very easy to look at Johannes, who is a, a world-renowned and world-traveling evangelist. And he has done an amazing job in staying the course and he's plowing through. And I don't know, but he's probably preached to millions of people by now uh, or at least several several hundred thousand people uh, and so it's easy to see like well I'm not Johannes and we can't do that and we can you, you know but I have good news Johannes is already Johannes you don't have to be him you have to be you and what is done is already done so you don't have to be what is you don't have to do what is already done you have to go in the strength that you have, trust that God is with you, and work for a time like this, for today. And, you know, I, 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 I love the old initiatives. I love Salvation Army. I love all of these kinds of, 
of movements and organizations. But we need an organization. We need a movement for a time like this. And you weren't born in the 17th. Or sorry, absolutely. You, you might have been born in the 70s. <laughs> but you are here now and for a time like this. You are active now and for a time like this. I want to say you're not active anymore in the 70s. You are here now, today, with the strength that you have and with the God that says I am with you. And if we can go to the last point that I'm making, make interest. I told you that I would, we would come back to the first parable. You see, it's easy, especially when the Bible talks about talents, which is uh, uh, an amount of money. But it's easy for us to see talents and to think talents and to think gifts. And what can I do? Like how much Christian TV can I produce? How many Sundays can I preach? You know, it's easy to consider on our talents and gifts and what we can do with them. But you see, God's currency, God's money is not gifts and talents. God's currency is love. God's currency, God's money is love. God has always been in the love business. God is always dealing with love. Whatever he does, we know that from the festival field in Africa to the streets of Stockholm. Whenever he meets someone, that one, that individual, he meets them in love. Love is what pulled Jesus from heaven to earth. Love is what pulled Jesus towards the cross. Love is what kept him. Love is what raised him from the dead. And love is what is calling us to not just go to heaven, but to leave the sofa, to leave the living room, to leave our, the comfort of our home and to go out in the strength that we have and trust that God is with us and operate in love. So you see what the, what the lazy and wicked servant servant was doing he was hiding his love he was withdrawing he took the love that God gave him because it's the same with with a percentage of money even if you had the worst life ever we have people in this church who have stories that will shock you you cannot you will hear their stories and you say but you should not be alive you should not be here you should be dead or buried or you should be out in the streets on drugs, you know, in the gutter, with the life that you have. But what they did was they took the love that God gave. And they started to make an interest in it. And they started to make a return in it. And they started to walk in the strength that they had. And they started to trust that He is with you. Even that when I don't see you, you're with me. And they started to, to reproduce that love. And then God shows up and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's more. I can see that you're not being selfish. I can see that you're not, you know, just being 
fearful. I can see that you don't believe that I am a harsh man. I can see that you don't believe that I will just come and reap what I didn't sow. That I, that I will just come and harvest what I didn't scatter. I can see that you trust in me. And I can see that if I give you love, you give other people love. And you don't have to go even though, you know, we have always been given a job of God. In creation, he said, take care of the earth. A small task. Take care of the earth. And then he gave us a pretty fun one when he said, go multiply. As we, you know, first you marry and then you take on the second job of God. But you know, when Jesus, before he went to heaven, after he died and resurrected, he gave us another job. It's called the Great Commission. And he said, go out into the ends of the earth. Preach the good news. Tell them that I'm real. Tell them what I did. Tell them that I'm alive. Tell them that I have hope for them. Tell them that I have a life for them. Make disciples. And show them the way to live. Show them the way to walk. And we do it in love. We don't do it to check check boxes. We don't do it to boast. We do it in love because we know that that's what expected of us. That's the currency that was given to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that's where we operate. And that's where we make holy business. That's where we make Jesus business. And you say, well, I can't go to the ends of the world. I can't go there. I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, you can at least put the money with the bankers to make interest. You can at least go to your local church, support your local church. You can at least show up on a Sunday with a smile and a hug in the door. And return the love to someone. You can at least work in the cafe. You can at least help out with the administration. You can at least support your local community. You can at least smile more than other people in your workplace. You can at least be happy when you talk to your neighbors. You can at least... Make interest where you live. You can at least go in the strength that you have. And instead of hearing, well, you're done. God will show up and he will say, well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.